Let's turn together to Matthew chapter 28. Just recently we have commemorated Easter, the day on which our Lord Jesus Christ arose. And after that, he began to appear to various people. And we will read one of those appearances this morning and look at it more closely. Matthew 28, we read the verses 1 through 10. Now after the Sabbath... Toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said, to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So far. Let's sing. The text for the proclamation of God's word this morning is Matthew 28, the verses 8 through 10. Let's read those verses once more. So they, that is the women, departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. After the proclamation of God's word, let us sing from hymn 68, the stanzas 1, 6, and 8. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
on that very special first day of the week when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ arose from the dead, extraordinary things happened. First, behold, there was an earthquake, yes, a great earthquake. Verse 2, earthquakes don't happen every day. And then was an angel, an angel of the Lord, who descended from heaven, and he came and he spoke to these women. That simply doesn't happen every day, that an angel descends from heaven and speaks to a group of people, to a group of women. And then those guards, those guards who were posted at the tomb, undoubtedly big, strong, perhaps even battle-hardened men. These men were not people who were normally scared of things. And yet, they were scared now. They trembled. They were shaking in their fear. In fact, they even became like dead men, fainted, unconscious, fell on the ground. It's not every day that big, strong soldiers fall down like dead men. And then, for the women the most extraordinary thing yet. Behold, again, behold, verse 9, Jesus. Jesus came and Jesus met them. Yes, they'd heard from the angel. He was arisen. He was no longer dead. But still, how surprising it must have been that suddenly, There he was, behold, Jesus standing right in front of them, alive. And he said, greetings. Amidst all of the extraordinary things that happened on that day, here now is Jesus, and he greets them in a most ordinary way. He says, greetings. could also say, good morning. It's a very common expression. It was the way that people would greet each other all the time. And yet this most ordinary greeting was given on a most extraordinary day by someone who is clearly no average person, not at all. This is the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, Son of Man, Son of God, and he speaks this ordinary way to these women. Greetings. Now, interestingly, brothers and sisters, the word used here for greetings also has another meaning, rejoice. You could also think of how this goes in other languages. For instance, perhaps you know the greeting in Hebrew, 
shalom, but it also means peace. On the one hand, it's just an ordinary greeting. But on the other hand, brothers and sisters, it is in such extraordinary circumstances that by the time Jesus has finished speaking, by the time that Jesus has also said to them, do not be afraid, go and tell my brothers, this group of women who already had great joy in their hearts, by the time Jesus is finished speaking to them, they have even greater joy in their hearts. And so the net effect of everything that Jesus says here, short though it may be, is to bring joy, greater joy, to these sisters on this very extraordinary morning. I bring you God's word as follows. Our risen Savior says, rejoice. And he brings joy to these sisters in the midst of their fear, also in connection with the worship that they bring to him, and finally, with the work or the task that he also gives to them. So who exactly were these women? We read in the first place in verse 1 that they were Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the mother of James, we know from elsewhere. But it was not just those two, the two Marys. There were also others. We know from the Gospel of Luke that there was a Joanna, There was also a Susanna, and there were others. And these were a group of women who were so very faithful. They were so very loyal to their Lord and Savior. They tended to the needs not only of him, but also of the disciples. But more than that, brothers and sisters, when the disciples were shrinking back in fear, when the disciples were even running away from their Lord and Master. Who was there? Who was there at the crucifixion watching the Lord in his agony? The women were there. Who was there watching when Joseph of Arimathea did what was necessary for a hasty burial of our Lord's body? Who was there watching? The women. And who was up early in the morning, very early in the morning, doing what they could to give their beloved master a proper and a decent burial once again? It was these women who had come to do that, at least that's what they had planned to do. And so, on the one hand, it's not surprising that of all the people that the Lord Jesus Christ might appear to, he comes and he appears to these women, so faithful, so loyal to them. And he chooses to appear to them at precisely this moment. You see, he had arisen from the dead, and the angel had already appeared to these women, and the angel had given them an instruction. They had a task at hand. They had to go, they had to find the disciples, and they had to pass on the message, go to Galilee. And so they went, but they were going with a mixture of emotions in their hearts. They departed quickly from the tomb with 
fear and great joy. And notice, brothers and sisters, that it is precisely at that moment, as they are fulfilling that task with that mixture of emotions, that Jesus appears to them. Great joy. Yeah, not just joy, but big joy. Great joy. Can you understand that? They had so loved their Lord and their Master. They had been so devoted to him for such a long time now. They thought he was dead. They thought they would not see him. And now, suddenly, the angel has said, He's alive. It's almost, brothers and sisters, too good to be true. But as the angel reminds them, he said this was going to happen. He's not dead. He's alive. And so they were filled with no small joy. This was great joy. But at the same time, they were scared too. And you notice how the Holy Spirit crafts these words to emphasize that. Yes, the joy is great, but the fear is not small either. In fact, the fear is mentioned first before the joy. It's not that they were filled with great joy. No, yes, there was this little, little fear in their hearts as well. No, this fear was significant. This was something to be reckoned with. And what were they afraid of then? Well, if we think it through, it's not too hard to see what they might have all been afraid of. In the first place, they had experienced traumatic things in the last few days. They had seen with their very own eyes the Lord Jesus Christ, their beloved Savior, who had already been whipped and scourged, the flesh of his back ripped open and bleeding. They had seen him nailed to a cross, set up to die. Crucifixion is awful when you hear about it, brothers and sisters, but what would it be to see it with your own eyes? That's traumatic. Let's not underestimate that. Not only that, but they had lived through two big earthquakes in three days' time. One at the death of Jesus Christ and now one at his resurrection. Have you ever experienced a great earthquake? It has a way of shattering your nerves. Between witnessing a crucifixion and living through two earthquakes in short succession, no wonder there was some fear in their hearts. But that was not all. Fear of human beings, fear of people, fear particularly of the leaders of their own people, the Jews. These women knew, these women knew how bound and determined those Jewish leaders were to put their Lord and Master to the death. It was as if they were possessed to do it, so filled with anger. And now the angel said, he's risen, he's alive. And as unbelievable as it seems, they believe it. But now what? Will those Jewish leaders, if they hear about this resurrection, 
Will they go after the Lord Jesus Christ all over again? And what about those who follow the Lord Jesus? Like the women. Will the Jewish leaders now come after them with even greater anger, with even greater oppression? Fear of human beings, especially those who hold power. Something to be reckoned with. Beyond that, fear of the unknown. What's going to happen now? Jesus is arisen. Will it be the same status quo again? Will everything go back to the way it was with the disciples following Jesus around Judea and Samaria? Will their relationship be the same with Jesus? Or will it be completely different? He's risen, yes, but resurrection doesn't happen every day, brothers and sisters. This is new. What will it all involve? What will the future hold? Fear also of the unknown. And so these women are filled with this perplexing combination mixture of emotions. The joy is real, but so is the fear. And at this particular moment, Jesus comes to meet them. Brothers and sisters, do you know something of mixture of emotions? Do you know something of what it is on the one hand to be really thankful? You know, we have so much to be thankful for, for, the Lord, for the, before the Lord if we would just stop and look at all of our blessings. And yet, sometimes we have such deep sorrow buried in our hearts. And it's not that the joy and the thankfulness isn't real. It's real. But so is that sadness. That's real, too. On the one hand, you believe in the Lord. You trust what he says. But the other hand, sometimes you have these questions about the Lord. Sometimes the questions may even become doubts. And it's not that you don't believe. But those questions, they're real, too. Do you know something, brothers and sisters, of what it is to live with a very real mixture of emotions in your own heart? Well, in their own particular way, these women had that too. And Jesus comes and he says, Greetings. Good morning. You know, it's something that people said to each other all the time. Got up in the morning, they greeted each other. Greetings. Good morning. It's the most ordinary of greetings. And yet, it was so extraordinary on this day. Jesus, the risen Savior, What these women all understood at this point is not revealed, but it's becoming clearer and clearer that this man who's standing before them, this risen Savior, is God. 
And will this risen, powerful Savior just say, Good morning to these women? How can that be? This is amazing. This is startling. He may have said greetings to them a hundred times before. But this time, it's something different. It's special. And it's not so much what he said, but it's now who's saying it. And it's the same with what he says next. Do not be afraid. You see, they were afraid. We've spoken of that. But Jesus says to them, do not be afraid. It's exactly the same thing that the angel said to the women. In that sense, there's nothing new. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. Now Jesus comes and he repeats and he says, do not be afraid. And yet, it's not so much what was said, but who's now saying it. And under what circumstances? Because you see, brothers and sisters, if Jesus, the risen Savior, says to these women, do not be afraid, that comes with even more power, even more comfort, that brings more joy to these women. It's already a great thing to have an angel appear and say, do not be afraid. And yet, the reality was that even though an angel from heaven said, do not be afraid, they still were struggling with fear. They departed from the tomb with fear. Did they fear because of these traumatic events, crucifixion, earthquakes? Well, brothers and sisters, now the one who speaks is one who underwent that trauma himself. Jesus Christ didn't witness the crucifixion. He himself was nailed to the cross. He knew every painful moment of that agony. And he did it for the salvation of these women. He did it for the salvation of you, brothers and sisters. He went through the trauma of crucifixion so that you would not have to go through the trauma of eternal punishment. And that, that brings joy. And even when you may have to deal with your own fears, you know, that you have a risen Savior who understands suffering, who understands trauma from the inside. He's gone through it. Were these women afraid of people, men, Jewish leaders, Roman governors and soldiers, men who had a lot of power and could do terrible things? Were they afraid? Well, brothers and sisters, now the one standing before them who says, do not be afraid, is not another creature. It's not simply a man. He's not even just an angel from heaven. This is the Son of God. And if the Son of God says to you, do not be afraid, the Son of God 
who is so much greater than any small, little, weak human being, then you can go forward in the midst of your fears with that much more comfort. Are these women afraid of the unknown? What does this all mean? Where is this all going? Yes, but the one who stands before them, the risen Son of God, will soon be the ascended Son of God, the one who will sit on the throne of heaven, the one who will rule and dictate and govern everything that happens, not only in the lives of these women, but also in your life, my brother, my sister. You see, it's not so much what was said. The words were quite plain and ordinary. But he who said them made all the difference and brought real, even greater joy into the hearts of these sisters. So much joy that the only response they can immediately think of and do is to get down, to hold on to his feet, to bow in homage and worship him. You know, once the Shunammite woman came to Elisha, the prophet Elisha, she fell down in front of him and she grabbed the feet of the, of the prophet. And the prophet said, obviously she is in deep distress. You, don't, you just don't do that every day. That you fall down in front of someone and you grab somebody's feet. When you do that, it's because there's something very intense, very deep within you. The Shunammite woman was deep in distress. But these women are deep in joy. Their great joys become even greater. And so they grab in the intensity of their joy, they grab his feet and they worship him. May I ask you a question? When you come here to worship the Lord, Yes, it's, it's different circumstances, but we still come to worship. Do you worship him with deep, intense joy? Now, of course, the first day of the week, Resurrection Sunday, is so very special and unique in many different ways. We cannot... Expect that the joy of Resurrection Sunday is simply going to be repeated every Sunday again in the same intensity. That was a very, very special day. But he who stood there, he whose feet they grabbed, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's still Jesus Christ whom we worship. And brothers and sisters, if our worship is sometimes lacking in joy, is perhaps this at the heart of it? That we forget whom we're really worshiping. You see now, here is the extra challenge for us. He whom the women could see right before them, Jesus the risen Savior, he whose feet they could actually physically grab. You and I can't do that. 
You don't come to church here, walk up those steps, and see the risen Savior. You can't in your joy walk up and hold his feet. That was for then. It's not for now. But Jesus himself is the same. When you walk up those steps, brothers and sisters, and you find your your spot here, one of the things that you have to do getting ready to worship is to look not with these eyes. With these eyes, you see the people, you see most every Sunday, you see the pews, you see most every Sunday, you see a pulpit, first it's empty, and then the minister comes here. It's all so familiar. But him whom you cannot see is the one for whom you've really come here this morning. And it's not the man standing in the pulpit. It's the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. It's exactly the same person who stood there in front of those women. They saw him. You can't see him. But he's the one whom you're worshiping. And when, brothers and sisters, we come to church and he and all of his glorious, gracious work of salvation, his death, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, everything that he did, everything that he continues to do for us, everything that he yet has in store for us, when that fills your mind, the risen Savior and his salvation for you. That is what should bring great joy into our worship as well. And so every week, even as this new week for the women began with worship, worship has to move forward, for there are also things to do. Having gone through everything that they went through, being as deeply loyal to the Lord in their hearts as they were, certainly these women would have loved to just linger there at the feet of their master, their risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Why not continue the worship? But Jesus says, Do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Again, it's really nothing different than what the angel had already said. It's basically a repetition. And yet it's not so much what was said, but it's now who said it. The risen Savior Jesus Christ says, Go. Go to Galilee, go to my brothers, the disciples, tell them they will see me there. A simple task, really. Pass on a message. And yet, it was to have such significance. For as the women bring the message to the disciples, and as the disciples go on to Galilee, there the Lord Jesus Christ will also appear to them, And the Lord Jesus Christ will again appear to them on the Mount of Olives in due time. And the Lord Jesus Christ will give them that commission 
to go out and to bring the gospel of his resurrection to all nations. You see, brothers and sisters, the risen Savior is here setting a chain of events in motion. It's not just a message from one group to another, women to disciples. It's all part of his much greater plan. The women could hardly know that. But Jesus Christ, he knew it. And that gives joy also in the work. You see, brothers and sisters, we too ultimately are doing our daily tasks, whether they're very plain, very mundane, or bigger things in your life. But ultimately, everything that we're doing is for this person, the risen Lord Jesus Christ. You don't just work around the house for your parents. You just don't work at school for a teacher. You just don't work for a boss. You work for Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Son of God, the great and risen one. And that gives real meaning. That gives real joy to your tasks. You may not be able to see what the Lord Jesus Christ has all planned when you do this little thing or when you do that little thing each day again. But trust him. He has a great and a glorious plan and he fits all of those labors together Till one day we'll be able to rest from our labors and live together with him in eternal glory and uninterrupted joy. Amen.